And then one morning she woke up and she had so much pain. Nobody could touch her. She couldn't dress herself. She couldn't cook for herself. She couldn't even open the car. She came to the program in 2017. Just to see her moving in a matter of, you know, days, for me, it was like, wow, this is a miracle. Now we have our own website called Wholeness Market, where people can buy the cookbook. And in the same year, we started an online course called the Autoimmune Recovery Plan. I like that the work that we're doing is able to support them. And I want to be able to support as many people doing God's work as possible. Welcome to the Hive Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Boudreau, and my guest for this week is Dr. Joyce Chet, a surgeon and missional entrepreneur. You know, I've always been fascinated by people who took the step into opening their business for the Lord. And you know, oftentimes this is connected with our personal story. And today we want to listen to a personal story. It's a story about pain and about recovery. But we want to get inspired by what Joyce is sharing with us. My name is Joyce Che, and um, I I grew up in a, an immigrant family. My parents are from South Korea, and um, my my dad is a doctor. My mother is a nurse. She went to um, the Adventist Sanitarium in Korea to get her training as a nurse. And so I remember when I was growing up and I'd get sick, she'd do hot fomentation, give me charcoal, this kind of thing. And so I remember growing up uh, knowing a little bit about natural remedies, I remember also knowing that this health message was important because I, I was reading um, books by Ellen White, Councils on Diet and Food. Uh, when I went to college, I, you know, I was reading uh, more about like patriarchs and prophets, desire of ages, great controversy, these types of things. And so I had like this spiritual desire to to really seek after God and to understand what it was that I really believed in spiritually. And and along with that, of course, there were certain, you know, pressures as far as like, uh, you know, wanting to do medical missionary work and understanding that this was important. And yet, um, yeah, I struggled with like, what am I going to do? And it wasn't until um, in college when I took some science classes and I thought, okay, I, I think I will decide to go this way into medicine. Uh, I want to still, you know, um, I want to learn more about these, you know, ways of healing that God has for us to do. And, uh, I decided to, to pursue that path. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, when I went to medical school, I do have to say it was, a kind of a shock to my system in a way. Um, I did not understand the politics of medicine. I didn't understand. Um, I did not understand that that when allopathic medicine took over basically all of medicine, I did not understand that God's ways of healing would automatically be considered not 
not medicine, you know, and that was, that was a new thing for me. And I, it took me many years, even going through residency, going through my initial years of, of, um, practice, you know, and I was going to these lifestyle programs that were run by Adventists and, and, uh, I was learning about natural remedies at some of our lifestyle centers. And then I was trying to put everything together. I thought that I could just learn these natural remedies, bring them to my patients. I thought that I could still do God's ways of healing within medicine somehow. And it wasn't until I went to a, a seminar. It was actually a, a CHIP program, you know, that Adventist CHIP program. They had invited a, a, an Adventist physician to speak about the subject of antibiotic resistance. I was really excited to see this because uh, I had just gone to a natural remedies program at Wildwood where I had been reminded about how powerfully God had worked on the behalf of his people who had used natural remedies during the time of the Spanish flu and just, uh, you know, how amazingly that these methods had worked to save so many lives. There was a mortality rate of less than 1% amongst the people who were um, using these remedies at the time. And um, I'd learned about charcoal. I had been so inspired to bring these remedies back home to people. I'd been using them with you know friends and family, people who would listen and I was seeing people with cellulitis due to methicillin-resistant staph aureus recovering, people who had been, um, you know, suffering from pneumonias and they weren't responding to antibiotics. I, I had just seen these miracles. And so I went up to this, this physician after the, the talk and I said, I'm really excited to see you talking about this. I just, you know, I'm learning about, you know, these natural remedies and how they're working. And um, I thought... I thought that we could bring these things into medicine and maybe reform medicine. I thought we could do studies and, and this kind of thing. I thought that's all that they need. They need to, to study these things. And um, this physician kind of took a step back and he's like, uh, I, I don't want you to misunderstand me, he said. He said, I still believe in medicine. And Conversations like this, they were just so, they were very confusing to me. I was so naive. I had no clue that just by the nature of what medicine is defined as being today and how it excludes the natural, it seems, they will allow for certain things, uh, but um, there's a big stigma with applying natural remedies and it comes at some expense for some of us, you know, as far as like people thinking that you might be anti-intellect and anti-science and anti-technology. But, um, you know, I just, th these are some of the things that I struggled with early on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, now there was one moment, one incident in your life where, uh, this took on, uh, it, it just it just came to another level. Um, you share with me that you became sick and and it and it just basically uh, was kind of a a point in life where you realized, okay, I need to do more I, de I need to go on a on a quest here. I need to search. I need to look for the truth. Um, tell me a little more about that. Oh, yes. well, um, in I think it was nineteen ninety eight 
Yeah, somewhere around there. I had just finished my schooling and I was starting my residency. It was sometime around that time that I was having, because of stress, I was having some health issues and I thought I had an infection somewhere. Anyways, I went to the doctor and um, I guess I kept pushing. I kept saying, I don't think this is right. I don't, you know, I think something's wrong. And um, they put me on an antibiotic. They put me on um, the newest antibiotic that had come out. It was produced, um, interestingly enough, by Pfizer. And um, it was called trovofloxacin. It's in the same category as ciprofloxacin. It's called a fluoroquinolone. Um, and if you go and Google this, you will find that there are a lot of people who say, if you look up floxed, F-L-O-X-E-D, you'll find a lot of people who are in this community of people who say that they've been injured by this category of drugs. This, this particular medication, trovofloxacin, it was taken off the market within a year because it caused liver failure and death. I did not realize this until about 15 years later when I was thinking, I wonder why that medicine, I haven't heard of it, you know? And it was because it was taken off the market within a year. Um, the other thing that I didn't realize was that Pfizer was sued by the Nigerian government for, uh, for doing... Um, uh, experimental research on on children in Nigeria and uh, many children died with this medication I didn't know all of this all I knew was that when I took this medication it really wiped me out and um, I was so weak at the end of it I remember being so weak at the end of taking that antibiotic course and um, it was around that time, within a year, that I realized my muscles are super weak. I can't, I couldn't go water skiing anymore because I couldn't pull myself out of the water. I couldn't hang from monkey bars. I would think, you know, when my sister had her baby, I was, I was afraid of dropping her children, you know? It was, I was super weak. And yet, when I would go to the neurologist and they tested me for, um, you know, anything obvious, there was nothing that they could find. Um, I, I suffered from a lot of pain. I felt like I had the flu a lot. Um, it was just a lot of muscle pain. And uh, I, I knew that there was nothing within medicine for me. As I said, I went to the neurologist. I went to, you know, different people. I developed other, you know, problems because of this weakness. I developed thoracic outlet syndrome, which is where the nerves that go to your arm, um, they get compressed. And uh, so I had a lot of weakness. And um, I just thought, you know, I'm getting older and that's just going to be what I have to go through for the rest of my life. And I struggled for probably close to a decade like that. And then um, in 2011, I went to a functional medicine person. She's someone that worked at Loma Linda. She's not an Adventist. Um, but she did this thing called food sensitivity testing. And, um, she said, you know, you have leaky gut, you're sensitive to a lot of foods, and this is why you are feeling so sick and weak. And, and of course I'd never heard of that type of thing before. I'd read about it a little bit in a 
in a book at the bookstore I, just a year or two before that. You know, that food sensitivity was just something that it was a novel idea, I think. And um, I was very skeptical. Um, but I was, I was having such weakness and pain. It was happening, especially with operating. Um, I, I do ophthalmology and um, doing eye surgery. I was afraid of having these pain events happen during surgery now. And so I thought, well, I will try this. I will try going on an elimination diet and see if it helps. And it did help. It did help for me to stop eating a lot of these foods. I, I was having things like um, I would eat certain foods and my face would just flush and um, the skin would start burning and peeling off. You know, it's this thing that they call mast cell activation now, uh, which is really a, a hyper, you know, in, inflammatory response. Of It involves like a lot of your, the same immune cells that, um, take care of al allergic reactions like eosinophils and that kind of thing. And so I had a combination of different things, nothing diagnosable, nothing diagnosable, but just things that were off. My heart rate was super high. Um, I couldn't breathe very well. I, I was developing lung problems. Um, a lot of different things were happening. And so I was just very, very, very scared. Um, so I started getting better with doing this elimination diet, but uh, this doctor, this functional medicine doctor, she told me something really interesting. She said, um, the reason that you're sick is because of your plant-based diet. And for you to get better, you need to include more protein into your diet, specifically like bone broth and this type of thing. And uh, this was the first time that I started learning about the paleo diet. It's a diet that is based upon a philosophy that we evolved and our ancestors were hunters and gatherers. And so hunters and gatherers, what they do is that they eat meat when they hunt. And then as they're moving around in their nomadic lifestyle, they are gathering up whatever berries or greens or this kind of thing. And so anything farmed is not something that we should be eating because we, our digestive systems did not evolve to be able to tolerate that. So that would mean like legumes and grains and, and cereals and these things that, that humans are doing a lot of. Actually, people who really, really believe in this, they, um, they believe that farming was the worst mistake humanity ever made. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, we as creationists, we believe that God created us in the garden for us to learn how to grow things and love beauty and food and this type of thing. And uh, evolutionists, if you take it to its, you know, extreme, it's like, yeah, farming is bad and harmful, actually, for digestion. So I see a lot of people that are moving in the direction of key, uh, paleo diets. Uh, there are some variations of it, like the keto diet and, and this type of thing. But it's all based upon an evolutionary philosophy. This is super, super interesting for me because I realize, you know, 
as we are going through school, we get exposed to a lot of evolutionary philosophies, right? In our biology books, they talk about how we evolved over millions of years. And we as Seventh-day Adventists or Christians, whatever you know faith you are, you kind of have to filter through this belief system. You have to be like, okay, I can filter it out. I'm used to filtering out that we evolved. I believe in creation. You don't really understand how it impacts you until something happens where the rubber meets the road. And now you have to do something in accordance with what you truly believe. Most people are so used to divorcing like their health from their belief system. You know, like when I first started doing this, I was Googling paleo diet and Christianity. And people were saying, is it okay for Christians to eat a paleo diet? And Christians would say, yeah, I mean, like one is science and the other one is just your belief system. You know, and so you can just see how how people are being duped into accepting a way of thinking that's just not real. In any case, um, so as I was going through this, I was like, you know, Lord, these people are saying that I have to eat according to how I evolved. That means that they believe that if I eat and I and I in such a way where I deny that there's a creator that I'll get better. And I was like, Lord, I am actually tempted to do this because I'm so, I so want to get my health back, right? I'm so desperate. But I remember thinking, I was like, Lord, that would mean that I would have to deny you. And I was like, Lord, you know, I don't know why I feel like I'm doing all these things right. I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, trying to, to live your word and I'm trying to seek you. And why is it that I am like this, that I've gotten to this point? Do you not have a way for people who've gotten injured by medicine? Do you not have a way for people who are like me? And I thought, you know, Lord, it does not matter. I don't know what, what to think right now, but I just know that I cannot deny my God, for me to get better. That would be an idol. And so that was a very pivotal point for me. And as I moved forward, it was just this desire that God would have honor in my life, you know, that God's ways would, his word would be fulfilled. And so I kept on seeking, I kept on searching. Um, five years later, I had been doing an elimination diet. I was I was working now at a practice. You know, I had gotten so sick. I had gotten so discouraged. My brain was just, I was going through such um, brain fog that my surgery times were so um, long. I, I, I wasn't a good surgeon anymore in a way because I was at a practice where, you know, I was I was not getting enough surgery experience and all this kind of stuff. You know, it was just, life was hard. And then like in 2011, when I got my diagnosis, that was the year that um, up until this point, I'd lived in California. And I'd been thinking, I really need to move to the country. I really need to buy this country property and do this country living that the Lord calls us to. And I thought I, I had gotten a job with a, an Adventist company here and everything. And um, I was scared because I was going through those health challenges. I was scared because I felt like I was losing my skills even as a as a surgeon and I was questioning my future and I thought I am just going to move forward. 
I'm just going to move forward. So I moved here to um, the Northwest. I got this job. And um, as I started just moving forward with this elimination diet, that's when that elimination diet started, um, I started regaining my health. Um, I start my surgery times, of course, were improving. My my patients were doing well. And and uh, I, you know, I started developing the confidence again that I had before. And um, but I was still hadn't figured out what was going on with God's health message. What what was going on with these laws of health and why it wasn't working? Like, why was I having to do so much more than what I had read about? I, I thought that as long as you, you know, were plant-based and and all of this, that you should be fine, you know. And so in 2016, I went to uh, Years Restored. I had heard about this on Audioverse through a talk by Gabriel LaRuda when he talked about autoimmune, autoimmune disease. And I thought, I need to find, I need to find this lady and talk to her because she believes in this elimination diet, food sensitivity thing. She understands what's happening. I'm sure I'm not going to learn anything new because I've been doing all of this, but I need to go. And so 2016, January, I went to Years Restored and, you know, I met Mercy. Mercy is the, and her husband, Anthony, they direct that out of their um, home and property. And um, to find someone who was on the same path and, but doing it from with an understanding of the spirit of prophecy and the Bible and understanding, oh, this is what's happening in the environment. This is what they're doing to agriculture. This is, this is why God's people are still getting sick, even though we are eating the way that we do. And this is what we can do to improve. And um, so we, I was really, really um, blessed to go there. It really helped my faith. And I thought, I need to help Mercy. Um, she is basically doing this by herself. And um, so I kept in touch with her. 2017, I helped her with a program at her place. And at that program, a lady came who had really rapidly progressive rheumatoid arthritis. She had gone from being totally functional. She had rheumatoid and Lyme's disease, and she'd been totally functional. And then one morning she woke up and she had so much pain. Nobody could touch her. She couldn't, she couldn't dress herself. She couldn't um, cook for herself. She couldn't even open the car. Her hands just turned to like, uh, they turned really stiff and swollen. And um, it was just rapidly progressive rheumatoid arthritis. And she came to the program in 2017. And that was the first program that I had helped out at. And uh, just to see her make progress, to be able to start moving in a matter of you know days, uh, to see her pain improve, to see her, her hands, you know, to be able to see her hands again with like potato poultices and this type of thing. Um, it, was a, it was just, you know, for me, it was like, wow, this is a miracle. And I thought, uh, we need to keep on doing this. We need to let people know that God's ways are more powerful. And uh, so that's why that year we started writing the cookbook. I think it was 2017. And I think it was then that we published the cookbook. I, I took a, a course on how to self-publish and uh, we got it onto Amazon. Um, 
Now we have our own website called Wholeness Market, where people can buy the cookbook. And in the same year, we started an online course called the Autoimmune Recovery Plan. Uh, we had 100 people sign up. We were there for um, a month, and we were there every single day except for Sabbath, you know, um, to kind of guide people through this program. Um, and then it just kept on going from there. We, we just We were really, really trying to build a movement where people would come to find help, physical help for something that they needed and walk away with also a renewed faith in the word of God. And so this is what we've been trying to do is help people to understand that you cannot have good health unless that health starts from within. You know, it, it starts from a knowledge that God loves you and has a plan for your life. And and has given specific instruction on how to live even in these last days so that we don't have to be afraid. And so those are some of the motivations for that. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, before we go, I, I hope we can go a little more deeper into this uh, just in a minute. But uh, because you mentioned the cookbook and you mentioned online courses, we have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs listening who... Um, they might not be in the medical field, although they are very interested in what you're sharing, but they have their own specific problem that they're trying to solve. They're trying to point people to God. They're trying to develop products. Um, can you share, how did you have that idea or when did, I mean, I know when, but like, um, why did you decide to start with a cookbook um, and, and then an online course on autoimmune uh, diseases? Um was there a, a strategy that you had in mind or was it just, you know, prayer and then God kind of showed you this first and then that, or how was it? Um, that's a very good question. I'm really glad you asked that because when we first started out, you know, Mercy's and she trained as a physician, but she worked as a nurse here in the United States. And then she developed the lifestyle program that she's been operating since 2012. Right. So there is a certain stigma that's associated with doing lifestyle medicine in a way, in a way there is, um, uh, and she, she wasn't sure if she should associate with me being conventional, whether it would hurt my reputation or and that kind of thing. And so in the beginning, when we started out, uh, she would just post her stuff. I would post my stuff and we would like each other's stuff and that kind of thing. And then as we started um, posting more things together, we realized, you know, God is blessing much more when we're working together than when we're by ourselves. And so one of the things that I realized was that's a biblical principle. God sends us out two by two. He wants us to come into unity and he wants us to do things in Philippians chapter uh, two, verse four, it says to look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Right. And that was something that I um, I thought about as far as businesses and ministry, right? Because um, when I moved here to the Northwest, I started getting involved in church ministry. And I found out even in church ministry, people are really, really self-protective. You know, everybody wants their ministry to be promoted. Everyone wants their ministry to do well. And I thought, what if we did ministry and business according to these principles? And so... 
I thought, okay, I'm going to try to live that the best that I can, right? I'm going to pray and do that. And so with mercy, it wasn't like I was trying to do something to promote myself or anything like that. I really, really wanted to get this message out there and I wanted to help someone that I thought was very courageous. And so um, mercy wanted to write a cookbook. I wanted to do an online program. My online program, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be my gift to the world because I thought that this was such an important message and then I'll be done. You know, I'll give my gift to the Lord and, and then I'll be done with it. But Mercy was like, we have to have this cookbook. Now, Mercy's from Peru. English is not her first language. And so I thought, okay, Mercy wants to do this. I should help her first. <laughs> and, so, and so that's just, that wow. was the business decision. <laughs> and and it actually worked out good because it's better to have a, a book. You know, as I read through it more and people were, you know, and um, people say, yeah, it's good to have a book out. And then, you know, I was even, I felt even better about that decision. Right. And so we spent a year working on that cookbook. I would go, I'd go to work. I worked full time at that time. And then I'd come home and we'd be working on that cookbook until midnight, you know. And, um, you know, when we got done with that cookbook, we had a lot of support. There was a lot of goodwill amongst people. People were really happy for us. And, um, and then we started... At the same time, we were doing the, the online course. I'll tell you what happened with the online course. So I thought during this time, I was like, I should make videos for the class. But, you know, to, to do that, you have to take time off. You have to find a videographer, that kind of thing. And so I didn't know how I was going to do all of that. So I bought a good quality camera that could do video. I bought lighting. And I took the time off of work, which was gonna be in May, I think. And, and so that was about six months before. I took all this time off, a week off, and I told Mercy, I said, Mercy, I'm gonna take time off of work. We're gonna shoot some videos. And she said, okay, at the same time, let's take pictures for the cookbook. And I was kind of irritated because I thought you cannot, because she, she thought that the same person that took videos would just take the pictures for the cookbook. And I was like, Mercy, it doesn't work that way. They're not always gonna do the same thing. And I was irritated. Um, but then, you know, like I'm trying to live these principles, right? And so I was praying about it. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to find a photographer for the cookbook. I don't know how to do the videography. I'm trying to do these YouTube videos to learn how to use this camera. And I, you know, I have ADHD now and I can't figure it out. And so I was praying and praying and praying about it. And I, one month before the date, my sister said, Joyce, um, you know, the nanny, the former nanny for our children, she started a photography business and we're going to take family pictures. And uh, I was like, wow, do you think she'd take pictures for a cookbook? And she said, well, you can ask her. So I, I, we, I showed up for the family photos and I asked her if she was available and she said yes. So she, one month before, she was available for the photography date. And then about a month before then, um, my housekeeper, I have a housekeeper, not now. I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm, praise the Lord. The Lord is giving me a new housekeeper friend. But um, back then I had a housekeeper who had a son and he was interested in this type of stuff. 
she came to my house. She was like, look, I noticed you're collecting all this videography things. What are you doing? And I said, well, I would like to film a course and um, yeah, do an online course and, and video us doing recipes here in our kitchen. And she said, well, my son's really interested in stuff like that. He was in high school. I think he was 16 years old. I said, would he be interested in doing this? And she asked him and he was interested in doing this. He did an amazing job. He did an excellent job. And um, yeah, I got all of that a month before the date. <laughs> it was just amazing the way that the Lord worked. And when people look at the pictures in the cookbook, they're like, wow, that's beautiful. And when people look at the videography, they, they're really impressed with that too. So it's just, it's amazing how God worked for that. So that's how the autoimmune recovery plan and, and the cookbook came into being. So that online course, we were doing okay. We were doing social media, trying to get interest, trying to grow a group of people who'd be interested in this, not only from a health perspective, but from the perspective of sharing the three angels message, you know, so that people wouldn't have to think that they needed to eat a paleo diet and an evolutionary diet for them to live, right? We really thought that this was part of that work. And then uh, COVID happened. And when COVID happened, that was 2019, at the end of 2019, early 2020, I think. Um, what happened was that I had had a spinal cord injury. Long story, so I'm not going to share all of that, but I had a spinal cord injury. And when it, as it healed, um, it left, it was pretty high up in my neck. And so my trigeminal ganglion uh, which innervates the, the skin of the face as well as the, the teeth and that kind of thing, it was affected. And it got really bad so that um, when my teeth weren't touching properly, it would send out these signals and um, my skin would start breaking down on my face. And at some point, I looked like a burn victim. I didn't know what to do. And it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And around that time, Everything shut down. My office shut down for a couple months. And so I thought, okay, um, I need to do something different. So I went to Mercy's Place. And when we were at Mercy's Place, um, I was trying to heal. I had developed such bad um, issues that I developed a sensitivity to electricity and um, electromagnetic fields. So I couldn't be in the house with the Wi-Fi and the modem on and this kind of thing. Um, I had to sit outside the house basically all summer, which is great, which is good for me. And um, as this was all happening, so as you can imagine, I thought I was going to die because um, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, it's pretty, I, I'd have to, you can go to my blog, drjoyceche.com, and you can see some pictures there of what, what it looked like. Well... As COVID was happening, I was hearing all these people on the media saying that we can't wait for the vaccine to come out. And I thought, that's so interesting how COVID just started. And within days, all the people in media are saying we need a vaccine. And I had been looking into this subject for a while. And uh, 
Um, I'll just tell you, in medical school, you know nothing about vaccines. You learn nothing except for there is a vaccine schedule and people should stick to that. And I never learned about vaccine injuries. I never learned what goes into the making of vaccines. I had to learn all of that for myself. I had to research just like anybody else. And um, when, as I've gone through this whole autoimmune journey, I've met people who've had injuries. And I've also been, like I was, I was invited to a podcast where the podcaster, he looked through my book and he said, hey, you know, I notice here that you say that a possible inflammatory trigger is our vaccines. Haven't we established that vaccines are safe and effective? And I said, well, that may be, but they do cause injury at times. And so we are just putting that there because that does happen. And he said that he could not have me on his podcast because it was, it was just too unbelievable for him that I could even think that way, even question that, you know? And so I had been faced with some of this in the past. And so I, I had already been going through this experience of understanding within science or quote unquote science. Uh, if you don't stick to a certain narrative, you will be silenced. You will not be heard. And so, um, it wasn't my ideal that like I needed to be heard or anything like that. It was more as I was meeting parents of hurt children and this kind of thing of thinking, who's going to speak up for these people? That's why we started doing our med missionary program on Sabbath. We wanted people to understand there are Protestant values that are in the Bible. This is the only reason why the United States came into development so that that God could have a people who could understand the importance of these values. And so we started doing these med missionary podcasts in 2019, to, first of all, starting out with this concept of um, religious liberty and um, helping people to understand these Protestant values. We talked about country living. We talked about other things that people might be interested um, in who are interested in hastening Jesus' return. That was our whole thing. And so for a year, I paid no attention to our business. I paid no attention. We were pr producing tortillas at the time. We were doing all kinds of things. And I had no interest in doing these other things because I thought, Jesus is coming very soon. I thought I was going to die, actually. And I had been praying. I was like, Lord, it's okay if I die. But I really believe you're coming soon. I'd like to be a part of this. And that's why we started doing that missionary, you know. And the Lord allowed me to live and to figure out what the problem is. I was able to help my dentists and my doctors to know how to go about doing things. And we're still working on some of these things now. Um, so... Now, you know, a year after Med Missionary podcast started, we started thinking, God's people need to learn how to live in such a way that we don't have to be in fear. We have to learn how to be these medical missionaries if this is going to be the only uh, line of ministry at the end of time. We have to teach people how to think, how to live, um, how, to, how to interpret these principles that we find in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. And so we started the Ben Missionary Course um, last year. April of last year is when we started it. It was based upon what happened to Mercy. Mercy was working as an IV infusion nurse, and um, she quit working uh, December of 2020, and she started coaching people instead. 
And we basically used what she was doing in her coaching program as the base, you know, basis for this program, helping people to implement the laws of health and this way of eating more anti-inflammatory, organic, soaking and sprouting, um, this type of thing. And uh, that's what we've been doing for the last year and a half now. Yeah. Praise God. That's really, that's incredible to hear. Um, what a journey. What a uh, incredible uh, just path that you've been on that the Lord has uh, shown you. And and um, now you're not working full time as a, as a surgeon anymore. You uh, You do this on the side. You basically have... Uh, these different projects along with your work at the, you know, at the clinic. But um, maybe before we, we close it, I wish I could, I have, I have a few more questions, but I, I'm, I'm afraid we got to wrap up here, but I want, I don't want to miss out on, on one here. And um, the, that's the question here. I was, I was wondering as you went through all of this and you look back now, what, what major mistakes did you make that you want to share? It could be from an entrepreneurial perspective, like when you talk about the cookbook, the, the online classes and, and the programs that you started. Uh, but also beyond that, any mistakes where you realized, okay, this is something now I look back, uh, um, I realized I could have done this better. Um, uh, and how did God work it out for you? You know, I I have made a few mistakes in that I trusted some people that um, did not end up being faithful to their word and that kind of thing. So I, I mean, like financially speaking, I've made a few mistakes like that. Um, but I can't look back and say, oh, this was a terrible mistake um, that I made in this business. Um, I will tell you one of the things that made it difficult for me to get started was that um, I had a, a problem that I think a lot of people will have in that they feel like, you know, maybe they're not qualified to, to do this, or maybe they're not the right person to do this work or that type of thing. And I did struggle with hearing other voices in my head for a long time, that kind of insecurity. And one of the things that really helped with that was that You know, when you're a surgeon and you're doing new surgeries and that kind of thing, it can make you feel the same way. Sometimes you feel insecure, like, am I the right surgeon to do this for this person? Mm. And when I'm able to move forward, it's at the times that I'm able to tell myself, I'm the best person for this patient right now. And that's what has helped me with, with, being able to do this work. You know, when I first started doing this, I would think, but I'm not this doctor. I'm not, I'm not this person. I, I don't know as much as this person. Like, I, I don't think that I'm the right person for this. And I even told the Lord that, you know, but when I was going through this, I thought, Lord, I don't see anybody else moving forward with this. You know, I will do this until you find someone who does it better than me. And I just pray that I'd be able to move aside. And, uh, you know, I, I, that would be my big thing for people. It's like, um, I think that as long as we are moving forward, wanting that righteousness of Christ in everything that we're doing, especially in our business, and I'm not saying that I do it perfectly at all, 
But to be praying about that, that that righteousness of Christ is what covers us. As long as we are motivated by by making God's glory and honor first and foremost, I I think that that covers a lot of a lot of work and anxiety because for me it's like you know this work I really want a lot of Adventist people I like being able to help a lot of Adventist people people who are helping us in our ministry I like that the work that we're doing is able to support them and I want to be able to support as many people doing God's work as possible but other than that I don't have any ambition I don't have any ambition like I want to get our name out there or anything like that. I want God's work to to do well and to flourish. And I I would be very privileged for this work that we're doing to be part of that final work. So that would be my reward. <laughs> Amen. So important, you know, when we think about business principles and and motives and all of that, um I love how you you sh- you shared how you, you know, you started by by thinking about others and this is what you know this is how heaven is like like um you know there is no selfishness in heaven right there's uh, there's only um unselfishness there and and i think we need to we're so far away from that um we need to learn that we need to learn that for our businesses and, and enterprises and projects that we do um so um yeah thank you for sharing that thank you for coming on the show and 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 sharing your story and um do you have any piece of advice that you would like to give to a, to an Adventist uh, entrepreneur who is listening right now? Oh, well, for me, it is rare to find uh, businesses and even Adventist ministries and businesses where you feel like people have courage to speak truth. People have courage to to believe in the word of God and and to to move forward with these business principles that are from the Bible. It, it's just really hard to find businesses that want to put it all together and to do that. And so I just pray, none of us are doing it perfectly, right? But um, I pray that as we move forward from here, that God's people who are doing these businesses and ministries would in every single thing that they're doing present everything to Jesus and that the most important thing is is that the righteousness of Christ is within us you know that we are going to see Jesus someday I pray that that would be the most important thing on our minds Mm. Amen (laughs) Now I want to invite you to make this practical and learn from other Adventist entrepreneurs you want to know how you can put these Christ-like principles into everything you're doing with your business. And we have two exciting events coming up in just a couple of weeks. I want to invite you to both of those events. The first one is in Collegedale, Tennessee, Hive Creators. From March 2 to 4, hundreds and hundreds of Adventist entrepreneurs are coming together, guys, from all over the country, even from other continents. It's going to be amazing. We have a powerful program and the first ever Lion's Den hives pitch competition for successful startups so you don't want to miss that you can register at hivecreators.com we'll put the link in the description below and the second event that we have is hive australia that's going to happen in sydney from march 24 to march 27 so if you're in asia if you're in the south pacific just go there register quickly though because we only have space for 170 people Now, the sad news is because I'll be organizing Hive Creators uh, in Tennessee, this podcast is going to go on a small break. 
But don't worry, we'll be back on March 6th, so you can mark your calendar March 6th right after the event. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform and you'll get notified as soon as we publish the next episode. My name is Vincent Bujor. You've been listening to Dr. Joyce Che, and this was the Hive Podcast, your number one podcast for Adventist entrepreneurs. I'll see you in Tennessee. Take care. (laughs) 